We are in the middle of a series, a four-part series that that Cammie and I are preaching about vision. And I'm going to bring part three today. It's really part four, but uh, I chose parts one and four, and so we're doing one, two, four, three. That's the way we're doing it. And uh, it's going to end next week in an amazing time talking about servanthood, and I hope that you will prioritize that. But vision is so important, isn't it? The, the lenses, now I have, some, I have some glasses here that are going to help me to see. Now you all look like Smurfs. And so I want to I toss some glasses out. Lila, come help me. Everybody give Lila a hand. Okay, toss those out, toss those out. All right, we want every... We want to, uh, come on, go, come get some more. I need somebody on this side. Cole, help me out. Uh, toss some glasses out. All right. Now, all of these are, uh, oh, you need some more. Okay. Candace thought I was kidding when I wore my blue glasses. You need some more. All right. Okay, that's all of them. I don't know if I have enough for everybody or not. Probably not. Ha, 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 ha. Ah. But your vision, I, 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 I did this. Some of you got clear, and it doesn't matter, right? You look good, Gary. All right. Yes. Yes. We need to get our pictures taken with our new spectacles. Okay, so the vision, your vision changes by what you're looking through. The color of your world changes by what you look through. Amen? And if you're wearing the wrong glasses, you're going to see the world the wrong way. You put on the right glasses, and you see better. I'll never forget the moment Jeremy, our firstborn, uh, he was, I don't know how old he was, four or five. We didn't realize how farsighted he was extremely farsighted, and he had difficulty seeing and reading. We finally took him to the eye doctor. And the the day came when he got his glasses. We could not believe how thick they were. They were like, they were like, you know, half an inch thick. And we put those glasses on him, and on the ride home for the first time, he was looking out the window. And he was noticing things. His, his, uh, his, looking, looking at his eyes through those glasses, his eyes, you know, magnified, and they were like that big around, and it was like, whoa. And he, he was seeing the world for the first time because he put on the right glasses. When you've got the wrong glasses on, you don't see the world very well. But when, when you come into alignment with the way God wants you to see, oh, thank you, Lord. When you come into alignment with the way God wants you to see, when you have vision, when you have vision uh, that, that comes from God, everything changes. Oh, thank you, Father. And so we're talking about vision this, this, uh, this month. And I want to talk to you today about an important part of our vision. And in week one, we said our passion is his presence. Our passion is his presence. In week two, Cammie preached a dynamite message on our priority being people. Our priority is people. We exist because of people, right? 
uh, this is not only a vertical relationship, although God did say that the first commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. Vertical, horizontal, right? And today what I want to talk about is the kingdom of God. This part of our vision and our mission as a church is given to us by Jesus himself. And I want to read from Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. And uh, some pr we're praying uh, together the Lord's Prayer here. And Jesus said in this manner, Therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen and amen. So I want to give you the third P. The third P, our pursuit is in bringing his kingdom to the earth. Our pursuit is in bringing his kingdom to the earth. This is a calling that is on this church, bringing the kingdom to the earth. Amen? And so let me just remind you that the, the, what, what is the kingdom? The kingdom is the domain, the dominion of a king. In, in the earth, in earthly kingdoms, there are still a few earthly kingdoms in, in the land. Where that king reigns is the dominion of the king. The kingdom of God is where he rules and reigns. So let me start this morning by reminding you who the king is. I want to remind you who the king is. The king of the kingdom existed before time began as the eternally past son of God. Through this king and by this king's word, everything was made that was made by him, for him, through him. This king appeared to men. He appeared to Abraham multiple times when he was called. When he almost sacrificed his son Isaac, the king appeared to him and said, No, Abraham, in the form of Melchizedek, the king appeared to Abraham as Abraham gave him a tithe of all. Our king met with Hagar in the wilderness when Hagar was sent away. Our king met with Hagar. Aren't you glad that the king meets with people that feel alone and afraid? Hallelujah. This is our king. Our king wrestled all night with Jacob and touched the socket of his hip and changed Jacob's name to Israel. This is our king. Our king uh, met with Moses in the burning bush. 
He met with Joshua as the commander of the armies of the Lord. He said, I have now come as Joshua fell on his face and worshiped our king. Hallelujah. Later, our king appeared to Gideon in a wine press who was afraid as the Midianites were oppressing Israel and said, rise up, mighty warrior. This is our king. Thank you, Jesus. Our king spent uh, uh, some time in a fiery furnace with three Hebrew children named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. As the, as the, uh, as the, evil, as the evil king looked in, and said, I thought we threw three men in there. I thought we threw three, but I see a fourth. Nebuchadnezzar said, he said, I see a fourth. And the fourth looks like the very sons of the gods. Friends, that was Jesus in the fiery furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Can anybody testify out there that the king has been with you through some fiery furnace moments in your life? This is our king. He was the rock that brought forth water in the wilderness. He was the cloud by day and the fire by night. And in the fullness of time, this king that manifested himself all through the Old Testament, this king, the Son of God, was conceived of the Virgin Mary and, and uh, was birthed as one of us into the world. This is our king. Hallelujah. He lived the only sinless life on the earth. He was baptized in water filled with the Holy Spirit and affirmed vocally from heaven by the voice of the Father. For three years, he ministered among his people where he trained disciples, where he preached good news to the poor where he healed every disease and sickness, where he cast out demons, where he loved the unlovable. He flipped upside down the known course of religion. The teacher took up his place, washing the disciples' feet. Friends, this is our king. His name is Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. He suffered the cross at the hands of Pontius Pilate shedding his blood for you and I in the week of passion. And after three days of being in a tomb, dead, when the angel rolled the stone away, our king came out of the tomb alive forevermore. Hallelujah. This is Jesus, our king. He was exalted. He was, after appearing for 40 days to, to people all over uh, as the resurrected Christ, he, was, he ascended uh, physically, uh, taken from the earth, and, and to this day is seated at the right hand of the Father. Praise God. And there at the right hand of the Father, he lives to intercede for you and for me. He lives forevermore uh, to, to pray for you. From there, Jesus sent us the promise of the Father, the precious Holy Spirit. And mystery of mysteries. This king, by his spirit, though not physically, by his spirit lives in me. And by his spirit lives in you. This is the king of the kingdom. His name is Jesus. He is gentle. He is good. He is awesome in power. He is dangerous. 
Our king is dangerous, but he's good. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He is compassionate and merciful. He is the good shepherd. He's the bridegroom of his church, the light of the world. He is the door, the gate, the wonderful counselor, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And one day, he is going to return, this king of ours. He's going to return. And this king of ours is going to rule and reign on the earth for a thousand years. And then, at the end of time, he's going to judge the living and the dead. Every knee on earth, every knee on earth will bow before him and declare that he is king of kings and that he is the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Somebody give him praise this morning. He is our king. His name is Jesus. And the kingdom is wherever this king has dominion, where he rules and reigns. In heaven, he rules and reigns. He is over the hosts of heaven, the armies of angels, organized in battle array with archangels that lead legions. Michael and Gabriel are two that are listed in the Bible. Jesus is that, that commander. In fact, when he met with Joshua, Joshua said, are you for us or our enemies? He didn't know what to say, but he knew the, 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 the terribleness that he felt in, in, an, in, a, in an awesome kind of a way as he trembled before this incredible warrior. And he wanted to make sure this warrior is on our side. Because whoever this warrior's team, whoever's team he's on, that's the team that's going to win. And Jesus stood there before Joshua uh, and, and, and said, neither. I'm not on your team. And I'm not on their team. I'm on my own team. As commander of the armies of the Lord. I have now come. And Joshua said, he, he fell on his face and worshiped, and I'm paraphrasing here. He said, I'm on your team. <laughs> I'll join your team. The seraphim and the cherubim that bowed down before him, the 24 elders and all the created beings that are beyond understanding that, that men have only had glimpses of in prophetic words throughout time. The hosts of heaven is in the kingdom of our God. The kingdom in heaven includes those that have gone before us. How many of you have loved ones that lived for Jesus that have gone before you? They're, they are there. They are in his presence. 
They are part of his kingdom in heaven. Thank you, Lord. Every tribe and tongue will be there one day, worshiping Jesus around the throne in this place where the kingdom of God is perfect. There is no sin there. There is no tears there. There is nothing there that messes everything up. It's perfect there. We, we give praise to God for that. And, and we look forward. How many of you look forward to going there one day? Hallelujah. You're not going to have to worry anymore about your health. You're not going to have to struggle anymore with the struggles on this world. Things are going to be perfect in heaven. And we are pilgrims here passing through. That's my home. That's my home. Don't get too comfortable, friends, here. Because we're going home, amen? <laughs> to a lesser degree, the kingdom includes all of creation. The Bible says the starry hosts give him praise. They sing his songs. The trees of the field clap their hands and, and give glory to God. All of creation sings to the Lord. It is part of his Dominion. Thank you, Lord. And it includes a portion of the earth. Well, doesn't it include all the earth? Well, I'll tell you why it doesn't. Because God gave the earth to man. And you see what man did to it. You see where it led us. In Noah's day, God was grieved that he had made mankind and repented that he had made mankind, changed his mind. But Noah, praise God, found, uh, found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And so God had him build an ark and brought him through uh, the, the waters of, of uh, destruction. In that ark were eight people, eight people led to all the races that are on the earth right now. Man has not done a very good job taking care of what God has entrusted to us because of this three-letter word in English called sin. And so when Jesus came 2,000 years ago in the, in, in the flesh, he came to do something. He came to establish his kingdom. He came to establish his kingdom. And in Matthew 16, he said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The, the kingdom of God is everywhere the king has dominion. The opposite of the kingdom of God is the kingdom of darkness. There are three domains on the earth. There is the domain of God, the domain of Satan, the, the darkness, and the domain of man. And these three domains clash. Sometimes they overlap somewhat. Sometimes they're hard to distinguish between each other. But we, church, are about building the kingdom of God. The opposite of the kingdom of God is the kingdom of darkness. And the, one is light, the other is darkness, led by Satan himself. 
It includes all of the demons and imps of wickedness that left their place in heaven. And they are organized. Principalities over regions. Rulers over territories. They live to drag the souls of men to hell with them. The clashing of the kingdoms. Satan comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's what his kingdom does. That's what his domain does. I don't even like calling it a kingdom, and I researched it, and the, the Bible does call the kingdom of darkness a kingdom. Its king is the prince of darkness. And, and so it's clashing constantly. In the domain of men, we have nations rising up against nations. Right now, there are 37 skirmishes and wars around the nations of the earth. We hear about two of them in the United States because two of them affect us. There's 37 wars and skirmishes, civil and otherwise. Those are taking place in the domain of men. The real battle is the spiritual clashing between light and darkness. And it is not concerning the borders of, of nations. It is concerning the souls of men and women. The fight in the spiritual battle is about bringing people to Christ. Now, sometimes these domains overlap because God does use the dominions of men sometimes to advance his purposes. And so it does overlap, and it can. It, it, we need discernment to know the difference, but we are about building the kingdom of God. Oh, thank you, Father. We are about seeing his kingdom advance. This kingdom has a culture. The culture of the kingdom is the culture of the king. In heaven, this culture is perfect. It has taken on the nature of the king in a perfect kind of a way. On earth, the kingdom of God, which includes his church and everybody that's a part of it, and I don't mean just our sliver of it, our corner of it, which is the assemblies of God. I mean every, uh, everybody that names the name of Jesus comes under the banner of his kingdom. Amen? Everybody that trusts in him for their salvation comes under the banner of his kingdom. But this kingdom on earth is not a perfect kingdom because we are being made perfect, but we are not there yet, are we? And so this kingdom of God and this nature of the kingdom is mixed with our own as we pursue God with all of our hearts, as we become more and more and more like Christ, but it is not a perfect kingdom on the earth. Yet, Jesus is the head of his kingdom, and he is leading us marching in the earth today. The battleground is not in heaven, friends. The battleground is in your own family. The battleground is in your own neighborhood. The battleground is here on the earth for the souls of men. Jesus came to establish the kingdom. I am done with my introduction. 
Bill's laughing back there. I see that. Lila's scared. I want to read some scripture. Just listen. I'll tell you the reference after I read it so that you're just listening. Now, after John was in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. That's Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. Let me read from Luke. Now it came to pass afterward that Jesus went through every city and village, preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. We, we preach all kinds of things as a church. We call people to repentance, right? Jesus did. We call people away from sin, and we have to define what sin is because people say, well, what is sin? We don't get to decide what sin is. The Word of God teaches us what sin is, and we preach it as we should. We preach about judgment that is to come. I mentioned that Jesus is the judge that's coming. We've got to get ready. And so we preach the truth about these things, but these things can be heavy, can't they? I want to tell you that overarching all of these themes that we preach, that fundamentally the kingdom of God is good news. It's good news. It is not all hell and damnation. The kingdom of God is good news. Turn to your neighbor and say, the kingdom is good news with uh, as big of a smile as you possibly can. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God is the kingdom of the gospel. And you know what gospel means? Gospel means good news. Let's all say it together. Gospel means good news. And that means that when the kingdom comes, that it's good news for people. Hallelujah. The kingdom is freedom. The kingdom is joy and liberty. And it is healing. The kingdom is restoration and hope. The kingdom is love and life and peace. The kingdom of God is the place where the king rules and reigns. And that is not mournful and woeful, but that is filled with joy and liberty. The kingdom has come. And it is good news for you, friend, because you don't have to stay bound up in darkness any longer. The kingdom has come, and it is good news for you because you can be freed from from sin and death and the grave. And how you've messed your life up, Jesus can take it over, and he can straighten it all out and turn it all around for his goodness and for his glory. That, friend, is good news. That's good news. Jesus looks at People that others look at and say, you have, don't, you have no good news. And he says, the kingdom has come. And he looks at prostitutes, people that have been wayward in their lifestyle. And he says, the kingdom 
has come. He looks at people that have messed it up on their own, and he says, the kingdom has come. He looks at tax collectors and people that have committed betrayal and done all kinds of things and says, the kingdom has come. He was saying, friends, this. There's a new set of lenses to look through. And it is not the lenses that you've seen through religion. You've, it's not the lenses that you've seen through all these things. It is the lenses of the kingdom that's freedom and joy. It's the lenses that looks at Peter that denied Christ three times and says to Peter, Peter, I'm still going to use you. I'm still going to use you to preach the gospel. When he had given up on himself, the kingdom came to Peter. Hallelujah. It's the, it's the kingdom that sees a demoniac and says, you know what? I'm going to set that demoniac free, and I'm going to turn them into a, an evangelist. A woman that had been married five times and was now living with a man that she wasn't married to. In that culture, disgraceful. In our culture, not so much. It's become pretty much normal. But God looks at that woman through the eyes of the kingdom and says, I'm going to restore your life. I'm going to turn you into something that is useful for my glory. I'm going to take you to be a part of this kingdom of mine. And away she went and brought a whole village to Christ. Hallelujah. Because the kingdom had come. It is good news. It is good news. Thank you, Lord. Paul said this in Romans 14. Don't, don't let your good be spoken of as evil. Don't let it. Don't let it. You know, when you hear people speak evil about the church, don't let it. Don't let it. The church is good news for the United States of America. The church is good news for the dark corners of the world. Brother Blessing Vargas, one of our missionaries that we, that we support, was telling me about a pastor that has a Christian church in Gaza. That pastor and his church is good news for Palestine. He was telling me about another one in, in the Arab part of Israel in Bethlehem. That church is good news for those Arabs. They don't know it. They don't know that it's good news, but it's good news. When people speak evil against the church, you need to stand up. And you need to say, you know, you know what? You, you say that, I understand. You, and, and you may or may not say this, but you recognize it's because they've got the wrong lenses on. And when they get the lenses that you have on, they're going to see the church, the kingdom, is good news for the world. The economy is crashing, and it may get worse. But the church is good news for the world. Hallelujah. Oh, this is good this morning. It's the kingdom of God, and it is good. And Paul said this, don't let, uh, don't let good be spoken of as evil, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. He was saying it's not a matter of religiosity, but it's this, it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I have this verse scribed in to the bench that is, that is on the porch, my porch swing. 
Righteousness, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Oh, thank you, God. Well, how is that good news? Because you that were once darkness, you can be made righteous by coming into the kingdom through the blood of the Lamb. You that were once far from God, you can come near now. Hallelujah. You that once lived in chaos, you that once lived in, in uh, all the, that's opposite, uh, you can now experience the peace of God. Because of the blood of Jesus, by coming in to the kingdom, you who knew no happiness or only pursued happiness can know the joy of Jesus by coming in to the kingdom. Oh, and that, and that kind of joy is the kind of joy that nobody can take away. The kingdom is a kingdom of good news. Let me tell you what else the kingdom is. The kingdom is a kingdom of power. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul was actually rebuking the Corinthians because they were acting as if he was never going to come, but he was going to come and he was going to bring the rod of discipline to the Corinthian church. And he said basically this, a lot of people there run in their mouths, but the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. And then he talked about what might happen when he comes. It was kind of like this. Daddy's coming home. Son, you get in that room right now. Daddy's coming home. Paul was going to bring power. It's not just the power of correction, but the power of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. To the Thessalonians, Paul wrote this. Our gospel did not come to you in word only. And if all you do every week, week in and week out is hear words, words are important. Teaching, knowledge, understanding come through words. Words are important. I don't want to diminish the importance that words carry. But if all that it is is words, we are missing the kingdom. There is more to the kingdom than words. It is not in word only, but it also came in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance you know what kind of men we were for your sake. Then he told the Corinthians also this, my speech and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Hallelujah. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And God has a calling on this church to, to go after the kingdom of God. 
and to see the power of God made manifest. That's a calling on this house. Hallelujah. Jesus said this, when they accused him, they accused Jesus of having a demon inside of him. They accused Jesus of having the biggest demon inside of him. And they said, the reason you can cast out demons is because you've got a bigger one inside of you. That's what they accused Jesus of. The reason they obey you is because of fear. The biggest demon of all lives in you, Jesus. What an accusation. Can you even imagine that? But Jesus said this. He said, if I, he, he said, uh, a house divided against itself cannot stand. If Satan drives out Satan, his kingdom will crumble. But then he said this in verse 28 of Matthew 12. If I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Miracles. Why do we pray for miracles? Because miracles are the touch of the kingdom of God in the earth. It's the expression of the kingdom on the earth. Do we need miracles to get to heaven? You and I probably don't need any more miracles to get to heaven. We believe, right? We believe. But there are those that need a sign. There are those that need the word to be confirmed. We pray for miracles because they, they are part of the substance of the kingdom of God. When the kingdom comes, in reality, miracles happen, and we should pray for them. It's a kingdom of power. So it's a kingdom of righteousness. It's a kingdom of peace. It's a kingdom of joy. It's a kingdom of power. There were Christians that had denied the power of God. Even in Paul's day, they said, oh, the power of God, that was only for the ministry of Jesus. And Paul told Timothy that the day would come when people that say they're serving God deny the power of God. But we say, Lord, we want your kingdom to come. This is what Jesus taught us to pray. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come. Your kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy. And your kingdom of power. Let, Lord, just as it's perfect in heaven, let it come to the earth. Let it come to Lincoln, Illinois. Let it come to 324 North McLean Street in Lincoln, Illinois, where I live. Let it come to your home let it come to our cities. Let the kingdom of God become a very practical expression in your life everywhere you go. You release the kingdom of God. You know, John the Baptist came preaching the kingdom of God. I'm, I'm cutting this a little bit short because I want to wrap this up. John the Baptist preached the kingdom of God. Jesus preached the kingdom of God. Uh, 
the apostles preached the kingdom of God. Paul preached the kingdom of God. The church was never supposed to quit preaching the kingdom of God. It's why we're here, to advance the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And it gets very practical. It gets very practical. All these other things that we're talking about, next week's going to be powerful. We're going to talk about having a servant's heart. You know when you serve somebody, what you're doing? You're advancing the kingdom of God. You're reflecting the king to the people around you. When you you share the gospel, the good news, you're advancing the kingdom of God. When When you become like Christ... You remember how you used to be 10, 12, 15 years ago? You remember what you were before Christ? For, for some of us, it, it wasn't pretty. But now you've become a reflection of the king, and that's really awesome. And by reflecting the king, you are advancing the kingdom in the earth. The king rules here. Am I perfect? No. Am I I following perfectly, the good shepherd? Am I following perfectly? No, I'm not. But with everything in me, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I am following the good shepherd. And I'm advancing the kingdom in the earth. This is what fuels that board back there. Because we want to see the kingdom advance in all the earth. Our pursuit of the kingdom of God fuels missions around the world. Our pursuit of the kingdom fuels evangelism. We want to see the kingdom move down the street to the neighbor next to us. We want to love people into the kingdom. We're going to love them whether they come into the kingdom or not because that's the love of God. But we want to love them into the kingdom. We want to believe for them to find the same king that we did. This vision fuels our desire to partner with other Christians who want revival around the world. Passion for the kingdom. So some very practical things. We're going to pray. Jesus said, this then is how you should pray. We're going to pray for the kingdom to come. You have a situation. Now, now friends, just the, just the repeating of the prayer, a lot of, a lot of Christian faiths teach you to just repeat the prayer. If you say 10 our fathers, then it will be done. That's really not in the multiplicity of words, that's really not the spirit of what, of what Jesus is talking about. But you have a situation where the kingdom of God is not reigning and ruling, where the will of God is not happening. You have a situation in your body that is not the will of God. It's not the will of God for disease to ravage your body. And you begin to say, God, let your will be done in this body body. Hallelujah. Let your will be done in my life. Let your kingdom come even as it is in heaven. Let it happen in me and let it happen in my family. It's not, it's not God's will that my children not be serving God. 
That's not God's will. God, let your will be done in the life of my son. Let your kingdom come to my son. We're praying, so we're called to pray. Let the kingdom of God come. It starts in prayer, and so this church is going to be a place that prays, amen, and seeks God's face. And so online, we do it every day of the week. We gather on Monday mornings. Anybody is welcome to come Monday morning at 8 o'clock or Monday morning at 9.30. We have two separate prayer meetings. One of them's online. You're welcome to come. You're welcome to be a part of that. And then online every day, but we, in our gatherings, we pray because that's what Jesus told us to do. And then we're going to be about putting our hand to the plow to see the kingdom of God advance, to see more and more and more people come under the lordship of Christ and to see the dominion of the king happen. We're about to schedule a baptism. We're excited about that. We have several that want to be baptized. Baptism is the door, the entry, the public declaration of, I'm following the king. I'm following the king. We're about to schedule one, and we'll announce that. That's going to be an exciting moment. But friends, the vision of this house is this. Advance the kingdom. Our pursuit is in seeing God's kingdom come to the earth. Thank you, Father. Through the church, that kingdom advances. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, really, when I gave my life to you when I was 13 years old, I stepped into the kingdom and I became, I didn't understand it all right away, but what happened was I became a son of the king. I was born again. I became part of the family of God. And whereas I was rebellious and all kinds of ornery, I came under the leadership of the king. And I begin to follow. And I pray right now for somebody in this room that needs to make the decision this morning to say yes to following King Jesus. They heard the good news of the gospel, that Jesus came, he shed his blood for you and I. We can be forgiven and freed as we follow him. God, I pray for somebody in here to have courage to say, Pastor, I recognize today it's more than a religion. Coming under the Lordship of Christ, receiving what he has for me, being made righteous, holy, forgiven, washed. If that's you this morning, just lift your hand up as, as I look around. And if that's you, just say, you know what? I need to give my life to Christ. I've never done that, and I need to yield to him. I feel like God is speaking to somebody this morning. If that's you, just lift your hand up. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. You know, this purpose of the kingdom is not just, well, it's for the church at large. Well, it is. But it's for you. It's for it's for Bill at the Christian Village. And once a week he goes around and does ministry, ministering to the people that live there, advancing the kingdom. It's for you and your neighborhood and your workplace to be one that says, God, I'm, I'm going to carry this news of the kingdom forward. And if you're willing this morning to say, Jesus, I want you to use me to advance your kingdom in the earth. I'd just like for you right where you are just to stand up all over this place and say, Jesus, use me. Even as Cole shared that word at the very beginning of this service where he said, here I am, God, use me. I'm available. That's what you're doing as you stand up right now. You're saying, I'm available all over this room. I'm available. Lord, use me. Use me to, to bring the message of the kingdom to a hurting world. Thank you, Jesus. Just close your eyes before the Lord right now and just, just hold up your hands for a moment and just say, yes, God, that's me. That's me. I say, God, here I am. Here I am. Not just Sunday morning. I'm not going to be just a Sunday morning Christian. I'm going to follow after you. God, as imperfect as I am, God, I'm following you. God, the mistakes that I make, I'm following you. This vessel is, a, is not a vessel of gold. This vessel is a vessel of clay. But I'm willing to carry the treasure to the best of my ability, the treasure of Jesus to a hurting world. We say, here we are, God. Here we are. Here we are. When we go, we don't go alone. You go with us. When we live, we don't live alone. You live with us. When we share, you share with us. God, we say, here we are. We're available. Use us by the power of your Spirit. Oh, Jesus, just have a moment with the Lord right now. God, I pray that you would open up new doors. People that have wondered, what is my purpose? Well, your purpose is to share the kingdom of God with people, and that's good news. God, I ask in Jesus' name, I ask in Jesus' name that you would just have your way with each one of us. Move mightily in our homes, in our families, in our friendships, in the people that are all around us, in every generation. Thank you, Lord. In every generation. In every generation. God, as Carter is back there with his hand raised up, saying, God, use me. I pray that you would use him in his school in the name of Jesus. 
God, as Lila is here with her hand raised up, just standing before you saying, God, use me. I pray that you would use her, God, in, in her school in the name of Jesus. God, as, as, as uh, people representing all walks of life, all different occupations, all different corners of this city, they are standing before you. I ask in Jesus' name that your kingdom would come. Your kingdom would come and your will would be done. God, in our homes, in our lives, in our world. God, not just around, not just halfway around the world in a war that, that we really can't grasp. Yes, your kingdom come there. But God, in our own worlds, we pray that your kingdom would come in Jesus' name. <laughs> we thank you, Father. We don't understand why you've chosen us, but, we, but you have. And we say, here we are, Lord. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Use us. Use us. Use us for your glory, for your good, goodness, for your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. We have a missionary coming the first Sunday in November. And um, he didn't understand how God was going to use him. He's a comedian. He's funny. And his own testimony, he used to hide behind that. It was a wall. He was hurting inside, but he was funny to everybody, so everybody always thought he was okay. He got healed from that. And then he got invited one day to a trafficking recovery meeting where women that had been trafficked had come out and were gathered. And he didn't know, how is this going to work? And as he stood up and did a comedy routine, he watched the walls that, that had been formed through years of jadedness, of wrong vision. He watched those walls come down as everybody laughed together. <laughs> And it opened up the way for God to work. Friend, you can advance the kingdom of God in a thousand different ways. You can be a carrier of the kingdom. Our pursuit is His kingdom on the earth. Amen. Father, I thank you for this church. This is an amazing church. It is doing amazing things for your glory. God, you have more in store for us than what we could ever even imagine. God, I ask in the name of Jesus that your presence will go with each one, your love, this week. This week, testimonies of your goodness and your glory. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God.